Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binary folk of all different shapes and sizes, I try really hard to come into each of these episodes with a level head, to not let my emotions get the best of me. But this week, I'm coming in hot. I am so mad about the things that we are about to discuss that I am going to start doing something new at the beginning of every episode. I'm going to give you a rating of how furious I am on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being the chapter was basically just Jacob. And 10 being, well, Edward existing in it basically at all. This week, I'm going to put it at a 7.2, because it's really awful, and I'm really pissed. But unfortunately, it's 2020, and we're reading New Moon, so I have no choice but to go on. My name is Sarah. I'm M, and I was under duress and told (laughs) not to interrupt, which meant that when you said you were coming in hot... I couldn't make any sex jokes, and that was a very difficult time in my life. Well, I wanted to make sure I could get through the entirety of my little rant without you interrupting me. The number of intros I have done that we've had to do twice because M makes, like, a joke in the fucking middle of it. If it makes you feel any better, I've also had to redo most of my intros because I fucked myself up. (laughs) so basically what you're saying is you fuck up my intros because you need to make it even yeah i can't just be the only one here suffering (laughs) i gotta make your suffering equal to my suffering maybe one of these days i'll cut together all of the intros that you have uh fucked up for me where i just scream at you because (laughs) Because oh god like, i mean we have them we have the audio we do <laughs> because i'm in the middle of an intro and you just hear M going wow 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 or something okay okay before we start yes i have a really really important note i need to give okay because i forgot to give it last time and i was kicking myself ever since we finished that episode i think i know what this is i saw the note and i was really confused but now that you're saying that it's from the first episode i think i know what this is about this dumb bitch after an entire year still has 17 year old (laughs) yellowed curtains hanging from her window and i'm like homie that's not that's like somebody been smoking in that room the whole time get you some new curtains what are you doing when i read that line i knew that you were gonna have something to say about it because you were so obsessed with it when we did the first book i want a hard cut from that part to your lines about it from episode one (laughs) So she mentions the yellow curtains in passing because she's like, everything in the room is still the same as it was when I was a kid when it used to belong to me. 
including the yellowed lace curtains. And then the next paragraph, she was like, I was trying not to dwell too much on the fact that I'm going to be sharing a bathroom with my dad. And I'm like, sharing a bathroom with your dad is what bothers you, but not the curtains that have been hanging on the wall for so long that they've literally turned yellow. <laughs> but I'm I'm not gonna make Brandon impose those in there. So again, maybe I'll edit together a little audio clip so we can hear the the curtain the curtain rant. From the Sarah's over book. here pissed off about Edward's characterization, and I'm over here trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with curtains in these books. <laughs> <laughs> this the the chapters we're co- today we're co- covering chapters six through ten of um new moon and they have some of the most infuriating moments and i'm sure it's not gonna get any better like i feel like i'm just gonna get angrier and angrier the further we go into these books she's just gonna keep turning into a denser ball of angry until all of her particles combine into a solar being (laughs) of (laughs) anger and fire and fury if the world ends because of a nuclear implosion happening somewhere in the great state of Texas, it wasn't some kind of disaster at an energy plant. It was just Nor me. was it some kind of crazy government experiment. Experiment. <laughs> no, it was just me in my living room being really upset about the way that this whole story is going and the way these characters are being tortured how is the story going sarah how well is it going? let's jump into it with chapter six um so when we when we left off bella had taken the mo- motorcycles over to jacob black's house and asked him if he would help her uh fix them up and um jacob was like it could get really expensive and bella was like it's okay and jacob was like it could be over a hundred dollars which Honey, (laughs) I know, I know this book is a little old, but it did come out before the 2008 recession. It did. Just before it, but I mean. (laughs) It was, so it's just so funny to me to think about someone being like tentative because they're like, I can get both of these motorcycles running and like later they're like shiny and new basically. And he only spends, like, $100 on parts? Like, that's insane. I can get multiple motor vehicles operational for about 100 <laughs> Which is, like, I... Un- and not to be uh, ignorant or anything, I understand that buying parts to fix up vehicles is so much cheaper than, like, taking them to a mechanic, which is actually a point that they make in the book. However, <laughs> it's not that cheap. <laughs> Cue our angry mechanic listeners. <laughs> I mean, I do From a Sweden. lot. <laughs> the Swedes really got us. Um, I do a lot of the maintenance on my car myself just because I don't feel like taking it to a mechanic to get certain things done. Um, and it's not the cheapest thing. Around. It's definitely less expensive. Like replacing my own like taillight or something is definitely way cheaper than going to a mechanic and getting a whole taillight because they're still going to be like you need this taillight so you still have to pay for that 
but then you have to pay for the labor as well. It's really awful. Anyway, um, not that I don't want to pay people for their labor. I do. But anyway, so... This bitch don't want to pay people for having babies. I... Oof. (laughs) That is a whole different conversation. So, chapter six picks up immediately after that. Bella's still hanging out with Jacob for a little bit in his garage. Um, Quill and Embry show up, and they uh, they tease Jacob a little bit, because Jacob obviously has a crush on Bella. Um, and that night when Bella goes home, she doesn't have any dreams or nightmares for the first time since Edward left, which is the first sign Jacob is better for her than Edward is. Um, I had a note on on this, actually. I took a note. I, I did a little note. It's unusual for, for you. It, it is very unusual. I usually don't take any notes, and I just kind of try to remember things, and then I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why you take notes. It's almost like there's a reason. It's almost like, shut up! Um, so, Bella, like made fun of Quill and Embry's names at one point. She was like, Quill and Embry? Like, where do they get those names from? And it's like, Okay, so I went back to look at it because I remembered that too. And all she said was those are unusual names. And Jacob was like, don't make fun of them. They'll beat the shit out of you. (laughs) But I I have a feeling you, you were thinking the same thing, which is, this is a Native American reservation. Yes! Oh my god, that was my first thought. I was like, this is a Native American reservation. They're going to have more, like, cultural names. Jacob and Billy Black and uh, Leah, Seth, and Harry Clearwater have such simplistic and, like, stereotypical, like, Native American names as well as, like, normal English first names. But Quill and Embry actually have like what sounds like more like tribal names and it's like why are you making fun of this but they came from a soap opera at least one of them they did (laughs) edward's sister is named rosalie and her and their other brother is named jasper and then the dad is named carlisle and the mom is named esme the only people with normal names are like alice and emmett and Edward and is Emmett's kind of a little. Emmett's even a little bit weird, but it's less <laughs> weird. I don't understand, like Esme and Rosalie, and the one you choose to question is Quill and Embry. I don't understand. Honestly, that, like, I did. I don't even think the names are that weird. They're not. None of them are. It's no. just. It's just. It's a, the fact that she honed in on those that's weird. It's also a young adult novel. You're not supposed to question the names of characters in young adult novels. They could name themselves Raven Black of the Night. What, Just go with it. So I used to be really annoyed by uh, young adult novels and them having like really weird names. But then the more people I met in real life and like became friends with and the more the circle of people that I know has grown, the more I get it. Because when you know someone you don't want to have a character in a book be named like have their name no you have to like make up names or find weird ones yeah because i mean yeah there's a chance that like so like 
say like I don't know Abby is a name that's like very common but I don't really know any Abbies I did know Abbies like back in like elementary and middle school so I could use the name Abby but I can't use the name Drew because I know like four Drews I can't use the name uh, Amelia because I know why Because I have a friend. Her name is Amelia. We do a podcast together. Wait, we do a podcast together. No. Oh, shit. That's you. Oh, shit. All right, next scene. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the next day, Bella and Jacob spend the day together. And Bella has, like, a lot of fun. Even though she knows that she's only doing it because she wants to, like, have a hallucination of Edward. Um, so then Bella and Charlie have dinner with Jacob and Billy and Harry, Leah, and Seth Clearwater. And Bella keeps making comments about how small Billy's house is. That night, Bella has another nightmare, but this time Sam Yuli is in it. And, um, I have a lot of thoughts about this. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to say it a lot. But Bella is super dumb because she has all of these thoughts, but then she doesn't realize that, like, the reason that she's so happy to be around Jacob is because he's, like, a good person, and he's very fun, and he cares about her a lot, but she is so hyper-focused on this Edward thing that she can't see that. And so it's just like, she's always like, I never expected to enjoy myself this much. And it's because you put Edward on a pedestal. And so you believed that the only people who could ever bring you any happiness were Edward and his family. You put Edward on a pedestal that he was so, so, so far under that there was no (laughs) chance of him even scraping the bottom of it when he was crawling by. Every time she and Jacob are hanging out and they're just, like, having fun and making jokes together and they're, like, ongoing joke of, like, who's older, it, it just makes me feel like it just... This relationship, honestly, reminds relationship? me... Yeah, it reminds me so much more of, like, a real relationship that you would witness in real life. And not to, like, do that thing again because in our... In episode four, I kept comparing Edward and Bella to me and Brandon because... Brandon and I have a very good relationship and Edward and Bella do not. But like Ed, like Bella and Jacob have a relationship that at times does remind me a lot of me and Brandon because it's like very fun and comfortable versus just like one and person. And all the abuse is hidden under the surface. Oh, what? yeah. <laughs> God, shut up. Everybody's going to know. Um, but it just like... It feels like two people who just really like being around each other rather than one person who's just, like, idealizing the other and one person who's just, like, I don't want to have sex with you. But I do. (laughs) But I can't because I'll literally kill you. So the next day at school... Oh, wait, no, no, you had a note. You had a note. You had a note. When Bella gets home that night after dinner... She goes to email her mom, and her mom sent her, like, a fucking essay (laughs) about her life. And Bella starts looking through her old emails, and she's like, oh my god. I've barely been actually talking to her. I'm such a shitty daughter. (laughs) And I was just like, yes. Yes, Bella, you have. You're a shitty person in general. I'm glad you're realizing this and accepting it. 
and trying to do something about it. Yeah. Also, fuck Renee, though. Yeah, fuck Renee. She doesn't deserve any of the the happiness or the regret that Bella has about not being nice to her. Not being uh, joyous about her email presence. Yeah. Call your daughter on the phone. Well, no, I don't want to be one of those people. I just I hate email. Email sucks. I don't want to use email as a way of, like, communicating with someone. But I'm okay with texting. And I think it's just because... <laughs> I don't know. I think it's because email just Sarah, feels... are you prejudiced? What? Email just feels too formal for me. Because I literally, like, only use email in the case of work and school. So, let's... You just need an text. email lover, clearly. I need an email lover? Yes. Okay. Let me email Brandon. Uh, so the next day at school, Bella tries to reconnect with her friends, but finds that nobody really wants to reconnect with her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because everybody's just like, you've been ignoring us for months. And I think trying to understand this, what has helped me is understanding that Bella didn't even, I don't think she even seemed sad for the most part to everybody around her. Since Edward left, it's more that she's just been ignoring everything. Like, she does school and work, and she eats, and she showers, and everything seems fine. It's just she's paying zero attention to anybody around her. Yeah, like, it's it's normal to be, like, kind of distant when you're dealing with something really hard. But... She didn't take notice of the bare minimum things happening around her in the world. Like, people sitting next to each other that didn't before, or their appearance changing. Yeah. She literally didn't notice, like, appearances changing. Yeah. And so For I think half a year. Yeah, that's probably what really got to her friends the most. Was that she, it's like when you get to a point, because I've gone through plenty of situations where I was going through extreme grief. And my friends were always very, you know, supportive of me and they understood times when it was just like, oh, I just need to be by myself. Or like, maybe I'm here, but like, I'm not totally here because I'm just going through something. But that's when you allow people to understand that you are grieving. And when you when you know you help them to see that you're not just like trying to disconnect from them completely you're just you know you have to make an you have to make an effort of some kind on your part to meet in the middle even when you're dealing with shit and i because i think i was afraid that we were being a little bit insensitive towards bella because everybody experiences grief and loss in a different way but it's almost like Bella hasn't really, ex- like, she she's kind of forced herself to not experience it. And I think that's why she's in this situation now. Because she just kind of suppressed everything that she was feeling and tried to ignore it for a really long time. Which, can we talk about how the hell you do that? Because I would love to have that skill occasionally. I know. <laughs> she talks about how she, like, forced herself to become numb and stuff like that. And it's like, damn... 
I'm like, how does that work? That. Like my whole, I would love to be able to do that. Like my whole work day is just be like, nope, I'm not going to feel anything today. Turning it off. But, uh, so, um, Jessica and Lauren are hella mean to Angela, but Bella sticks up for her. Then Angela says she missed Bella, which is a pretty big oof because Bella's been here the whole time, but has been completely empty. Yeah. I, Angela being cool again. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I understand where Bella's friends are coming from because you want to be there for your friend and you want to be understanding of what they're going through. But like from their perspective, Bella just like dated a guy for like six months and then he moved away and then she lost her entire personality. What personality? Well, the personality they perceived her to have. Jake, Je- Jessica is like super justified in her. Yeah, but I, I think this her is the ill point. Will. Yeah, this is the point where Jessica stops being the kind of bitchy but still like really loyal friend and is now, I think she's full on just like bitch mode, which I understand because... I was about to say, like, Bella kind of deserves it, so I'm not feeling any kind of sympathy for her on that front. Yeah, but you but you think you're supposed to, because Bella's supposed to be the sympathetic main character. She's not. But she's supposed to. Well, maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe Smire should work on that then. <laughs> so, uh, that's the end of chapter six. Yeah, and... Chapter 7 starts out with Bella going to the empty Cullen house in the midst of the foot-wooded forest. And then she can't bring herself to look inside. And she can't decide if it's worse if they left nothing in there or if they left everything in there just like they left her behind. And then she goes down to see Jacob deciding not to look at all because she can't deal with it. And Jacob's like... Hey, bikes are almost done. She's like, wow, they're all shiny and new looking. He's like, yeah, I wish I could work slower. It's like, why? He's like, you're going to leave me. You're going to leave me, ain't you, girl? And she's like, no, Jacob, I never leave you, dog. Get it? Dog. You're stupid. And they decide they're going to have a study sesh. <laughs> yeah. They decide that they need to work on their homework because they've both been, like, not doing any homework just to hang out together and work on these motorcycles. Which is great. It's the best way to spend your high school years. I didn't do uh, any homework in high school. I don't know who I'm talking to. I was very bad at I passed classes because I was good at taking the class in class, not because I did homework. I literally almost didn't graduate from... (laughs) <laughs> high school because I didn't do any math homework yeah I'm not gonna judge there <laughs> um but yeah like I, first of all Bella's like I feel like I'm making an unhealthy decision by going to the Cullen house and like, and I'm like you know what maybe it is unhealthy but I also feel like it's kind of a reasonable thing to do in yeah. that situation considering how everything ended and maybe (laughs) maybe you need to start taking that stance with more of your actions and ideas 
Because the fact that this is the first time you're like, this seems unhealthy. And then you stop when it's actually something kind of reasonable. (laughs) So she says in the chapter that she never went out there, right? Like she hasn't been out there since the night of the party. Yeah, that's her first time back. She never went out. What if she went out there and they were there? Oh, God, that would be hilarious. Like, she had no way of knowing because she never went out there just to see. And so she, like, goes out there and they're just, like, on the porch, like, whittling on a stick or something. And she's just like, you've been here the whole time? Alice just looks at Ed, I told you. (laughs) Told you. Okay. (laughs) And even Jacob, in in the chapter, he's like, she's like... I'm not going to leave you because he's all worried about it. He knew he was being used. He knew. Yeah. And he still went along. I'm just like, oh, I feel bad for you, bro. <laughs> he must like her a lot. All of those off camera, off camera, Ugh. off the page scenes that they have together that we know they have together because she talks about going over to see him every single day. Must like she must have a personality that we just don't know about because Stephanie Meyer hasn't like described it. Yeah. Because everybody seems to think that she's this really fun person. We're almost halfway through book two and we still don't know what the fuck her personality is. Yeah, it's real bad. So, anyways, uh, now that the bikes are finished later that week, um, everything's kind of normalish in life. Angela and Mike are her friends again, and Mike's annoying her because he's trying to get in her pants again. Yeah. And uh, Smyre just couldn't let Mike stay a good guy. She had to make it weird. Yeah, he he is, this is super bad. Like, this is not the Mike that we know and love. Like, in the first book, he definitely had a crush on her and, like, wanted to get with her. But he did it by being, like, super friendly and, like, caring. Now he's just dense and kind of a dick. Yeah. (laughs) Oof. And, uh, but Charlie's comfortable leaving her alone now and going fishing because he feels like she can function in life again. Um, and at the same time, Jacob just happens to finish the bikes up. Woo! So they go out towards, uh, that beach that the the little push peeps go to. And they're just driving along, and Bella's just like, oh shit, why is somebody jumping off the side of a cliff? And then she stops, and she tries to run to him, and Jacob's like, don't be an idiot, Bella. Don't you know what cliff diving is? <laughs> Everyone knows. say it like that. <laughs> Everyone knows you can swim the English <laughs> Channel into France, Bella. <laughs> Do not compare. <laughs> People swim to France all the time, Bella. To Jacob saying, Bella, they're just cliff diving. Like, it's not the same thing. Yeah, so she, like, spasses out, and then she's like, wait, I want to jump off a cliff. She goes from being completely horrified by what's going on to, I want to fucking do that in 2.5 seconds flat. Bella's personality is actually just being a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it turns out the cliff divers are Sam Uli and his gang. And Jacob does not like Sam Uli and his gang. Uh, because. Wait, can I? It's Yuli. 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 
Cooley. Cooley. <laughs> no, Yuli. Cooley. The okay. WH at the front. The author's Cooley. last name is Quip. Meyer, and Sam's last name is Yuli. Yulemeyer? Oh my god. Just keep going <laughs> with your summary. Okay. So, Jacob doesn't like them because Sam established himself as like the leader of this gang that keeps the peace in Lapush and amongst other tribes. And uh, he keeps picking up new members like a cult. Where, like, people will be like, ew, that group of people's weird. And then all of a sudden, a couple weeks later, they're all licking Sam's feet and shit. Ugh. Just like what happened with Quill. Yeah. All of a sudden, Quill doesn't want shit to do with Jacob and Embry. He's all up Sam's ass. <laughs> 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 I can only imagine what, what Sarah just looks Sam's ass. Terrified. That's not that's not a pleasant image. <laughs> can you please <laughs> So yeah, that's uh that's that's chapter seven. We find out there's something weird going on with that Sam bunch. Yeah. Uh this is the first hint of the werewolves, which I make a comment later on when we get to, we'll talk about it when we get to chapter 10, but I like the way that the werewolves are built up to in this book versus how the vampires were built up to in the first book. What build up? We were no. just told they existed and then not told about them for half the book. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so chapter eight uh, begins with Bella and Jacob on the bikes and Bella has a serious wipeout um, and has to go to the ER. Okay. She wiped out because she says, Jacob didn't teach me how to turn. <laughs> There's fucking hand. You turn the hand. Are you the, the front wheel pivots pivot? You dumb motherfucker. What you fail to understand is that Bella never even learned how to ride a bicycle. So she doesn't know how they work. She just thinks that you have to press a button or maybe there's a joystick that you just can't, you know, she doesn't know. The first time she tried to drive the truck, she was like getting out. She was like leaving the engine running, getting out and manually turning the wheels with her hands. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> It was really stupid, um, though I will say there is a little bit more nuance when you're riding a motorcycle to actually turning. Oh, than yeah, I know. When you're just, okay, you know. Yeah, then and you have to, like, you have to use your weight and stuff a little bit, too. And, like, yeah. but the fact that she was, like, should I turn the handlebars? No. I guess I'll just crash into a fucking tree. <laughs> Let me just... Face first into the forest. That'll be fine. So Jacob takes off his shirt to stop the bleeding on Bella's forehead. The way I said that sentence doesn't actually make sense because I, t <laughs> I didn't say that he like put the shirt on her forehead. 
<laughs> he took off his shirt and just seeing his abs miraculously made her head stop bleeding. It was, it's like those moments in anime when a character has a nosebleed. Yes. But instead, all the blood geysered out of her forehead at once and just stopped. <laughs> so Jacob takes off his shirt, presses it into Bella's forehead to stop the bleeding. His abs? Um, and, yeah. And Bella admires him because he's just so handsome. Uh, and that night, Bella feels the pain of losing Edward again, but this time it's not so bad. And she knows it's because she'll feel better when she sees Jacob again. No wonder so, she keeps inviting him. Here's all of my fucking issue with this. What gets me so much about this? particularly the part with her feeling her pain again at the end is that she is openly acknowledging that the pain is slowly but surely going away. Like if she would just acknowledge her pain rather than trying to smother it, then eventually it would peter out and it would go away and she could move on. If she could find a bit of perspective and understand that the loving people who are still in her life and did not abandon her, then she would be able to get past this. Like, she doesn't need to exist this way. She convinces herself that she does. And you're supposed to take her authority because she's the main character, so she's got to know what's going on. But if but she all would, I see is somebody who's stupid. Yeah, if she would just face <laughs> her pain and stop, like, suppressing it and actually allow herself she to move on. She might even find some fetishes. Why are you like this? <laughs> you made me this way. <laughs> How did I make you this way? I don't know. <laughs> You've been alive for 25 years. I've only known you for 12, fuck, 12 years. I've only known you half your life. <laughs> I've only been there for half of it. I, I couldn't... Something had to happen before I showed up. You'd be surprised. <laughs> it's, um... It's just really sad to read because... And I, we'll talk about this so much more when Eclipse happens. But Stephanie Meyer wrote an objectively better love interest for Bella in Jacob. Not that she has to have a love interest, but he is better for her as someone that she really cares about and loves being around. She even openly acknowledges that she loves him in a later chapter. We actually know why. Exactly. She cares about him too. We get it. If we're not just constantly, she's like, oh man, I love being around Jacob. And we're not just constantly like, why? We're just like, yeah, I get it. He's really nice and awesome. I, I don't even think to question it until you bring up the fact that we questioned it so much before. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, because it didn't make any sense for her to enjoy being around Edward. He's an asshole and was always mean to her. The next scene, um, Bella decides that she doesn't want to hurt herself so much on the bikes. Well, Jacob says that they need to take a break. And she's like, you know what? You're right. So she's well, like what charlie gets suspicious yeah <laughs> super weird so then bella decides to have it's not that weird that charlie gets suspicious no it's not 
It's weird that it took this long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Bella decides that Jacob help her find the meadow that Edward took her to one time, which is odd that she wants Jacob to help her find the place where she, like, I don't know, declared her love for her freaky vampire boyfriend. So no, Billy... it's Bella. She's fucking weird. Yeah. So then Billy makes fun of people who were afraid of the big old bear in the woods. Another which is hint. great. Actually, like, great dramatic irony there. It is, because it's like, Bella's like, so you're not worried about, th-? like, she's looking at this, imagine this old man in a wheelchair, just being like, man, fuck them bears. And you're just like. That's how I got in this wheelchair. <laughs> you're just like, but Billy, you, what? Like, <laughs> so, but it's actually really great because Billy knows that they're just werewolves. Yeah. And so he knows he's exactly what's not happening. Afraid. Yeah. Um, and so Jacob and Bella go out into the woods with a map and a compass. Then Jacob confines in, confides in Bella about his issue with Sam's gang. And she gets real dramatic about it and is even like, oh, Jacob, you can move in with me if you want. Yeah, what the fuck? It's really overdramatic. I feel like Stephanie Meyer wanted you to feel like that moment was super emotional. And it was. But like... Her just hugging him would have been enough. She didn't have to be like, oh, Jacob, you can move in with us. Yeah, because it's like, that's the kind of offer you make if Jacob was like, and then Billy came into my room in the middle of the night because I was asking too many questions and started slamming me in the face with his belt. Not, (laughs) I'm having an uncomfortable situation and Billy won't tell me what's going on. Yeah, and I mean... It kind of makes sense for Billy. I, I definitely disagree with the tactic of not telling the men that they might be werewolves until they actually become werewolves. Yeah, it seems I feel like real dumb. Something that you should know, except I think they go into the fact that it can, like, skip a generation. Because I don't think Billy is one. But I think his dad was one. But so I think it's not, it's so inconsistent that they're just kind of like, when you know, you know. You know. Oh. You know. I love the finding the meadow together thing, though. Because it's, like, I know it's stupid for her to bring Jacob along for it. But finding the meadow is one of the most reasonable actions Bella has taken in this book. Yeah. Especially because Ed took everything from her. She has nothing to remember him by. And so it's it's a good way to, like, reaffirm and ground her memories and start, like, the process of moving on. And it's actually a healthy thing to do, except that it's Bella and she wants to use it to try and hallucinate Edward. Yeah. I definitely agree because with him kind of basically post-mortem gaslighting her by taking away all of the things that would remind her of him. It can almost, I can imagine it can kind of make her feel insane. Like, was he really here? Like, did I, was I crazy? Like, or did I really imagine the way that things were? But then for her to go back and find the meadow, which is arguably like, was arguably like the best scene in the first book. Um, it's, it's pretty 
I like it. It, it definitely, yeah. it, in a normal character who was actually taking steps to move on, uh, I think that it would be a very good move. Especially if she lit it on fire. It could be a very emotional, good scene. Mm-hmm. Even if she found it with Jacob. We'll get to that later. What I think could have been done, but... I think that and, if Bella took steps to talk to Jacob about the way she's feeling because he would listen to her and be understanding, then she would also have a much easier time moving on. But she doesn't yeah, do that. weird. But one of the best parts about all this is that with Jacob and her life, Bella has now taken an interest in bikes and hiking and has enjoyed both of these hobbies despite the questionable reasons Mm -hmm. behind their uh uh i forgot the word (laughs) the questionable reasons for starting them yes um and if she wasn't a fucking psycho it would mean we were getting actual character development and new interests for her and like personality like here's my hobbies but she is a fucking psycho. God uh-huh. damn it. God it's, damn it, Stephanie it's Meyer. It's super frustrating because you're watching <laughs> an actually decent plot happen. This is honestly a really... If it wasn't Bella, and so we didn't have all of the inherent Bella issues that we have, this would Bella-isms. actually... Yeah, we, this would actually be a pretty decent story of someone being like abandoned and then finding a way to move on. But it's Bella. But it's Bella. Bella. So, chapter nine. Yes. Uh, Bella goes over to see Jacob, and it is Valentine's Day. How exciting. And uh, he gives her some, uh, some candy, and she's just like, it's Valentine's Day. And so to try and, like, make things not awkward, she invites Jacob to go out with her and her friends that weekend. And Jacob's like, you're gonna let me be around you while you're around your friends? And she's like, yeah, invite invite Embry and, like, we'll invite some girls and it'll be cool. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Thank you, goddess, for the small tidbits of love you're offering (laughs) (laughs) i think it's i think he's just excited that she seems to be like integrating him into her life outside of when she comes over to hang out with him which is really sweet like he's like oh my god so we're like actually like you actually want me in your life you're not just coming over here to hang out with me i'm really your friend yeah so uh and my first question when this happened was, wait, did she actually already plan to do that stuff this weekend? And no, no, she didn't. That was a spur of the moment thing. Because then the next scene is her uh, talking to Mike and being like, all right, let's establish a plan for the weekend to go to the movies. And they invite literally everyone, which is very disappointing for Mike. And then literally everyone doesn't come because they either have plans or are trying so hard to avoid Bella that Mike and Angela are getting hit in the crossfire. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so ultimately 
Mike sh- Jacob so- shows up on Friday with his new finished car that he built. And Mike shows up with his uh, thing. And <laughs> his old car that comes like chugging down the street or something like that. <laughs> and they're the only two there. And then Bella goes inside to answer the phone and it's Angela and Ben who are canceling because they have the flu. Oh, this is so bad. And this then it's so just awful. Mike and Jacob. And Jacob's like, I'll go. And Mike's like, fuck you, I'm going too still. Yeah. And uh, this is definitely the moment where if I was Bella, I would be taking control of the situation and just being like, plans are canceled, guys. People have the flu. We're not all going to get sick by exposing ourselves to each other and more and risking even more illnesses and shit. Go home. And then just being like, Jacob, we want to hang out still. We can, we can still hang out, Jacob. Let's not do this awkward fucking triangle of people. <laughs> It's so bad. She should have just like, uh, your note literally just says like, cancel for everyone and then go chill with Jacob alone. You know, like she does every single day. Like, yes, it's not, it would not have been hard for this situation to not occur. She could have just gone over to Jacob's house or just stayed at her house and they could have just hung out like they usually do. And to be fair, it's not like the situation goes horribly, horribly wrong or anything. It's just so awkward. Yeah, it's just like, I would not allow myself to end up in this position. (laughs) So you got one girl on each arm and they each just like put their hand out for you to hold. Do you pick one or do you hold both of their hands? I mean, at that point, you just assert dominance and hold (laughs) no one's hand. (laughs) That's what Bella did. You're going to do what Bella did? <laughs> I know. I'm going to dominance by grabbing each of their hands and no. having them hold each other's oh, hands. Shit. I was going to say assert dominance by touching both of their butts. <laughs> Scoop. No, I'm going to have them like they're, they're sitting on either side of me and I just grab each of their hands <laughs> and I just. I interlock their fingers. I'm like, your hands looked a little empty. I'm giving you something to hold on to. What do you think? I'm gay. I, I'm just saying I'd be happy to watch. Uh, so then in the car, they're on the way to the movies. And Mike starts complaining about the fact they don't have music. And Jacob's like, Bella doesn't like music. And I have no idea if he was like, Bella doesn't have a stereo, therefore she must not actually like music or she would have done something about it by now. Or, and she, and he just happened to like make a good guess about something. Or if he was just fucking with Mike and Bella was like, I know this awkward situation's my fault, but I'm just going to go along with fucking with Mike. So I think all of this, and it was not really well illustrated, I think it all leads back to most music reminds her of Edward because yeah. of how he how he listened to basically everything except for apparently rap because when she was in the car with Jessica she changed it to like a station and was listening to rap music and was like this is good this is fine so I think in general Bella just doesn't want to listen to music ever because she's afraid of a song coming on that reminds her of Edward. So Jacob's just like, "Oh, she doesn't like music," which is yeah, such but- a fucking weird thing to to like have be about you, like to say like, "Oh, I don't like music." 
Yeah, that's weird. why I was just confused because I was like, she says she never said anything to him about it. So he's only assuming, and I'm like, either he's making an assumption that happens to be correct for some weird reason, or he's fucking with Mike. <laughs> I'm imagining a situation where if his garage, where he works on cars, is anything like any other garage I've ever been in, there's probably a radio. <laughs> there's probably a radio in the garage. Playing and very loud music all the time. I imagine she's probably turned it off multiple times. And she doesn't have a stereo in her truck because she ripped it out with her own bare hands. So it's probably her own just... bare hands. She's not a werewolf or a werebear. She's a werebear. No, she's not a werebear. Okay. She is right. not right. exercising her right to bear arms. Ed's the, Ed is the werebear. We talked about this last season. You're right. Um, so I think it's probably just an assumption that he's making based on past behaviors that she has exhibited of just in general disliking music or never wanting it on. I just like to believe he was fucking with Mike and and Bella just decided to go along with it for no apparent reason. That's what I would do. If someone was just like, Sarah doesn't like music and someone else that was being annoying was in the car i'd be like yeah fuck music that'd be really hard for me to do though because i love music i have music lyrics i would do it just because i enjoy like fucking with people at that yeah. point <laughs> anyways the movie date goes real bad because as we said before bella was literally sitting between two guys <gasps> who had their ha- arms on either side of her palm uh, hands open, palm up the whole time, wait for, well, not the whole time, for half the movie, waiting for her to take one of their hands. And she was just like arms over her chest, trying to hide. Um, but Jacob was laughing his ass off at how stupid the movie was. And then she got into it with that. him. I did as well. And then about halfway through the movie, Mike just fucking dashes out of the theater to have a buttery explosion in the bathroom. Oh! <laughs> oh my god, you're disgusting. And uh, so then Jacob and Bella chase after him and Jacob comes like, goes in the bathroom comes down and he's like, he's gonna be in there a while. Um, and so then they sit on the bench and Jacob gets gets a little handsy. With her, uh, he put he's like taking her hand and he's putting his arm around her waist and pulling her in. And she's like, mm, maybe not, maybe not do that. Um, but then they talk things out because Jake's like, hey, do you like holding my hand? And she's like, I don't, I don't dislike holding your hand. He's like, are you comfortable with me? And she's like. I'm not uncomfortable with you. <laughs> and he's like, okay, then let's just just let it happen. And she was like, but I don't love you like you love me. And he's like, I don't really care. <laughs> so I definitely had a different impression of this scene than you did. I mean, not really different. Just kind of like I was less against it because she talks about him holding her hand quite a lot. And so in this scene, when he's, like, holding her hand and she, like, tries to pull away and he doesn't let go, she's like, come on, Jake. And he's like, well, do you, is this bad for you? And she's like, oh, no, it's not. Because she even admits, she's like, no, I like holding his hand because he's very warm. 
She bits in her head. <laughs> yes. And then and then he's like, well, then, you know, why? And then, and then he's like, well, do you care about what he thinks then? And she's like, no, I don't care what Mike thinks. And she, she like, reiterates after every single one of these questions, she reiterates in her head. She's like, yeah, and I'm even being honest. Like, this isn't even – I'm not even lying to protect his feelings or anything. This is how I really feel. Okay, we did have a different perception then because you took it as him being much more sweet, which in that case doesn't bother me as much. I took it as him being a little cocky, and I was like (laughs) – I think it's more just him being, like – because – this the way that he acts with her gives me the and again there's we've said this a couple times just this episode there's so many scenes that happen between them that we don't even get to read yeah and so i'm assuming and she even says in this scene that jacob had taken to holding her hand all the time and she doesn't seem bothered by it because she's like he's really warm and i like you know whatever so then when he's just like well you don't care what he thinks and she's like no and he's like then what's the problem and she and he says she says it means something different for me than it does for you and he's like well why does that matter if you let if it's okay with you and it's okay with me then it should just be okay and she's like but i'm not you know, I don't like you the way you like me. And he's like, I can be persistent. And she's like, I'm never going to come around. And he's just like, I can wait. And so and for me, it definitely came off as him just being like, I don't mind hanging around with you and just being close with you as long as you're okay with it until one day you come around or maybe you never will. And I guess I just liked it because it it definitely came off as the persistent love interest, but like not in the most toxic way. I I, I like your envisioning of yeah. the scene more than my own initial envisioning of the scene. Yeah. I think I have a very dark view of what relationships are like in Stephanie Meyer books. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that Jacob is so nice and sweet and like, Bella even describes him as being like the happiest person she knows that I even had to reread the scene because my first impression was the same as yours. And then I reread it and I was like, well, if I envision it as more him just being nice and sweet the way that I he has been characterized to be before, then it's definitely not as bad as I was thinking it was. Is it a little annoying? Is he being a little annoying? Yeah, at first. But then as soon as Bella's like, you know what? You're right. I do like this. I like being close with you. I'm comfortable with you. And he's just like, well, then I don't see what the problem is. And and that's the thing. She is comfortable with him and she finds him attractive and she likes spending time with him outside of the whole like, oh, he makes my pain go away thing. And then at the end of the chapter, she even says she loves him. Yeah, she loves so him. By every lo- in every logical way, she could have an actual healthy romantic relationship with him and is refusing to do it simply because she doesn't feel like moving on with her fucking life. <laughs> Which, okay, so on July 24th of this year, Something magical was released to us. And that is Folklore, the Taylor Swift album. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, so, 
okay, so good. calm down. You're okay. You're okay. This album is absolutely amazing. We are both super obsessed with it. But I'm going to be concise I didn't about ever listen to Taylor Swift until Folklore came out, and I fucking love Taylor Swift. <laughs> Yes, I provided Emmy with some of Taylor Swift's best music to give her a taste of all of the stuff that came before Folklore. And now she only ever talks about Taylor Swift. <laughs> so good. She's so good. She's such an amazing writer. I know. Um, so anyway, but here's here's what I'm going to draw your attention to. And I wanted to talk about this this week because I knew that it would get you excited. The opening track of Taylor Swift's Folklore is... The one. The one. And it focuses on the idea of I'm moving on and my life is continuing without you. But in my heart and in all of my memories, all I can think about is how much I wish you were my soulmate. You were the one for me. And I feel like that illustrates Bella's situation. However, the Taylor Swift song does illustrate it in a much healthier way. Because the, the the narrator in the song is definitely very much like, well, I'm moving on and my life is fine and I'm, and I'm doing okay and I'm actually trying new things and, like, everything is going to be fine. It's just sometimes I wish that, you know, it would have been really awesome if you were the person that I wound up with forever. And that's fine. You can acknowledge the fact that you wish it could have been different. But Bella is so <sighs> deeply rooted in the... I wish Edward had been my soulmate. I wish he was the one I wound up with. That she literally cannot let herself move on to find something new. Or not even just something new. Just to stop thinking about him and dwelling so much on that past. She's it's really ruminating. disappointing. She is ruminating yes. to the nth degree. And it's painful to watch. It is really painful to watch because you're sitting there reading her interacting with someone who is so much better for her all around that it's just so sad. It's it. it, I'm sad for her because she could actually have a good life and become a more interesting and deep person if she would just let herself move on and actually form a new relationship. But she refuses. Look, full disclosure, I'm in the situation right now where I'm at the end of a very long relationship. And I'm in the spot of thinking to myself often, I really wish it could have worked out. I really wish we could still be together. But I also accept the fact that that's not going to happen. And as much as I miss them, I talk to other people. And I do other things with my life. And I'm doing my best to move on because that's what you do when you're a human being. You don't just sit there for the next 80 years until you die thinking about that one vampire you dated for six months one time. Who you never even fucked. Who you never even... She didn't even get the chemical rush of the good dickin. And you know who could give her a real good dickin? No. What? We're not talking about your werewolf fetish right now. I don't. This isn't about my werewolf fetish. This is about <laughs> this is about Jacob Black and him being a much better boyfriend for Bella. But also werewolves are so hot. They leave early from the movie. 
to get Mike home. And Bella offers to drive Jacob home because he is absolutely beautiful. Hot. He's got a fever. Uh, And Jacob doesn't call Bella when he gets home. And Bella's worried because it takes 15 minutes, 20 max, to drive between Billy Black's house and Charlie's house. And it's been over 20 minutes, and Jacob drives fast, okay? (laughs) Shut up. So she finally gets through, and Billy's acting super weird on the phone, and is, like, standoffish with her and kind of shitty, and then he's like, he's home, you dumb bitch. And then he hangs up, and then Bella's like, oh, I guess I'll go to sleep. And then she proceeds to spend the next 24 hours in the bathroom, sleeping on the ground and puking. So, you have a little, you have a little note there in the middle of your summary (laughs) that just says, ugh, Brian flashbacks. Yeah. What are you talking about? So, Brian, our friend. Yes, our dear, dear friend Brian and his samurai sword. I miss him. (laughs) I miss him so much. He once, he he would tell us the story about the time that he was at an ex's house at her family's place and he got really sick and he spent the entire night sleeping on the floor of their bathroom just because he couldn't make it back to the bed and then back to the bathroom every time he had to puke. So he just slept in the bathroom. You've never done that? No. Oh, I've done that plenty i could not bring myself to sleep on a bathroom floor i have i once so back home i had a bathroom that was just for me and i on more than one occasion would drag my pillow and comforter into the bathroom and just lay on the floor next to the toilet usually listening to a podcast and i would just occasionally i would wake up i would puke i would flush and i would go back to sleep I even had a nightlight plugged in in there. That was mostly for vision. That was mostly for vision, though. So if I needed to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, this is what Walmart bags are for. You well, you see, Walmart bags often also have holes in them. That's why you use multiple bags. Oh God! Why do you have so many Walmart bags? I'm just imagining under your I bed. Keep all my Walmart bags. <laughs> I'm imagining that you just have a huge horde of Walmart bags, like under your bed, that you just whip out anytime you need to puke, and then you just like tie it up, Kobe it into the trash can, and go back to sleep. <laughs> it's funny because you you're you're pretending I have a bed. Oh yeah, I forgot you sleep <laughs> on a couch. Wait, so you don't even have the bed in the room anymore? No, I don't have room for it in the bedroom. I had to pick between a couch and the bed, and I picked the couch. <laughs> I can sleep comfortably on the couch. I cannot sit comfortably on the bed for a long time. What are you going to do when you bring a woman back to your home? I think you're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> I have to okay. find a woman who wants me, number one. <laughs> and then... I have to woo her enough to convince her to come back to my bedroom and my parents upstairs. 
Also, there's a guest room across, right across from. Oh, the so you're gonna go fuck in the where guest my, room and then go cuddle on the couch. <laughs> Got it. So, um... yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah, she uh, she finishes all her puking fun, and then she calls Jacob once she's twenty. Once her twenty four hours is up, and she's like, "Hey, I'm feeling better, so you'll feel better soon too, buddy." And he's like, "No, I'm awful. This is terrible. I feel like dying." And yeah, that's the end of the chapter. He's turning uh, into a werewolf in case He's turning into know. a werewolf. He this is he doesn't have Bitch should have drank some cough medicine. He doesn't <laughs> some uh non-brand name cough medicine. Bitch should have drank some robotussin. Ooh, we're going with robotussin. Um, to use an old joke, mix it with some water and you got some wotussin. I actually really love the way that this was built out in the story because it started with first quill ran off and just didn't want to hang out with jacob anymore and that was just like a random nothing moment like well it wasn't nothing but it wasn't like it was really a part of the overall story then later you have other people who are getting sick they talk about how a bunch of people are out of school because they're sick and then Angela and Ben have the flu and I think one of I think some of the other guys in the group have the stomach flu or something as well. So then when Mike gets sick it's like oh god it's going around. Jacob starts to feel bad literally the same night and so you're like oh okay so he definitely has it too. Bella gets it and then she calls him when she feels better and he is also sick and she's like oh don't worry you're gonna feel better a little bit soon but then he doesn't get better and so it's just this actually really nice flow into the eventual reveal about jacob being a werewolf and halfway through the book we get to werewolves and it's not a fucking slog to get to werewolves like it was to get to vampires in twilight exactly and not to mention i mean it's a fucking slog but for different reasons yeah not to mention the werewolves were even foreshadowed in twilight because he talked about the wolfmen in his original story that he told to bella and so you get to this book and you kind of have an idea that there might be werewolves because you're hanging out more and more with Jacob or whatever. But it's like, but it's none of not... this leads you to think werewolf. Yeah. It's like, there's kind of the, there could be the idea in your head that like, oh, maybe they're going to be werewolves, but it's not like this book is the werewolf book. That's not what you're being sold on. You're being sold on new moon as a sequel to twilight, which in and of itself, Edward's not even in it. So like, to have this be the sequel to Twilight was actually pretty daring. Um, so this wasn't sold to us as the werewolf book. You don't even know that there's werewolves in it until the werewolf reveal happens, which is so much more nicely done than the way the vampire stuff was done in the first book. It's really good. I actually really like the way that she approached the buildup to the werewolves. She learned from our notes. She did. Oh my god, she took our advice. Just not enough of them. So chapter 10 starts, and this is the chapter where we actually get to meet the wolves, which is exciting. Uh, Bella gets impatient about Jacob avoiding her, so she goes down to La Push to find him, but he's not there. 
Charlie hears from Bella. Uh, Charlie hears from Bella. Ugh. Charlie hears from Billy and tells Bella that Jacob has mono, but she's super suspicious and doesn't believe him for some reason. Uh, but because she's not hanging out with Jacob anymore, Bella's nightmares come back and Sam Yuli is in all of them. Yeah, I, had, I don't know why Billy or why Bella doesn't believe Billy because she she ends up Googling mono and stuff and she doesn't like know enough about it offhand to have any reason to assume it was not mono. Yeah. So the only explanation is her magical intuition, I think, that Meyer tried to set up in the first book, but she didn't really set it up very well. And so it's... Yeah, it doesn't really it's just weird it doesn't make any sense like there's no reason for bella to be suspicious of billy other than knowing that he knew about the vampires in the first book and the fact that he was really weird about it but she doesn't talk about that but she doesn't even bring that up like she doesn't so it's like she doesn't go through that thought process if she did i would be like oh okay a little a little far that you're jumping on that one but you're also kind of crazy right now and jacob's the only like anchor you have to reality so yeah i'll accept that maybe her suspicion is kind of coming from that though maybe she's literally just like it's not that she's necessarily suspicious it's that she feels like she has to be because the other option is i don't get to have jacob in my life right now and that would really suck which i agree with i don't want to have a life without jacob i love him sarah you you already have a life without jacob I don't. I don't. Uh, okay. He's, he is everywhere. He is behind me at all times. Mostly because my Zoom background is Taylor Lautner as Jacob in the woods. Minus cyber ten, cyberpunk bartender action. That's a wonderful game. If you haven't played Valhalla, it's out on a Nintendo Switch. Please, please play it. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a cool time. Uh, so then, <laughs> <laughs> so then. Sarah forgot that she was the one in charge of uh, talking about scenes. Uh, it is. <laughs> At the end of the week, Bella calls Jacob again, but Billy answers and says that Jacob is spending the day with his friends, which totally gives Bella FOMO and she's like he's hanging out with his friends but I thought I was his friend I'm his friend uh, so Bella does a big worry <sighs> Bella does a big worry because she thinks Jacob doesn't want to hang out with her anymore which is <sighs> she's pulling the jealous girlfriend and she's not even his girlfriend yeah She's not his girlfriend. She's jealous that he doesn't want to spend time with her, with her. But she also does kind of have a pretty valid fear because the previous chapter had her laying out for him that she was never going to be for him what he wanted her to be. So, yeah, and she's worried that he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's... She's, go- she's being Edward right now. Yeah. Telling him to get away from her, and then he does it, and she's like, no, but please don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Bella goes hiking without Jacob, and somehow stumbles on the meadow. Uh, Laurent arrives and lets Bella know he's going to eat her. 
Uh, mm, you look like a snack. Which makes Bella do a hallucinate. Uh, I need to stop. Bella hallucinates Edward. I'm rubbing off. You are. You really are. I wrote, I was taking notes on something the other day, and I literally wrote, they do the good kiss. And I was like, oh no. That's an Emmyism. I <laughs> I erased it, and I was like, they make out real good. Uh, <laughs> so, um, she Bella hallucinates Edward, and then before Laurent can kill her, some big old wolves arrive and save her. Bella the whole time is like, there's no way these wolves are going to be any match for Laurent. Uh, you said puppers in the notes. I'm sorry. Some big old puppers <laughs> arrive and save her. Bella runs through the woods and finally makes it home. She realizes that she's completely alone. And if Victoria comes for her, there will be nothing to stop her. Which is actually a really decent moment because it she's right. Edward not and this I'm sorry. I I'm gonna hammer it home so many times. This, if nothing else, should be the moment when she's like, Edward left me. He abandoned me and now I am open and there is danger everywhere. And they, yeah, considering that the Cullens didn't bother to make sure the loose ends were tied up before abandoning her. Yeah, it's um, which seems like a great. really dumb oversight. Now that she points it out, like none of you thought maybe we should track the crazy woman down and make sure that she doesn't try and come out for blood. I don't know. And I get that maybe they didn't see Laurent as being a threat because he was like, I don't want any part oh, yeah. of this. But he's still like a human eating vampire. Like that's still the thing. And the only, but and ultimately the only reason he came after Bella, he says, is because Victoria came for him looking for his help. So had they just gotten rid of Victoria, it wouldn't have been an issue. But I don't know didn't. why they left Victoria. <laughs> they lost her at one point when they were act, like in the middle of the action of the first book. But I don't know why they didn't go back and try to find her. Yeah, it's just, I'm like, that seems like a really bad loose end to leave dangling when you're dealing with murderous superhumans. Yeah. But my bigger problem right now is... Bella's hallucinations because they don't really make sense so the the things Bella is hearing Ed say in the hallucinations are things Ed would say and they're reasonable things that Ed would say but they're not actually Ed they're supposed to be her brain yeah making those comments and pretending to be Ed so her brain on its own has the capacity to make intelligent and sensible decisions and look at situations critically, but she's never exhibited that capability before. Yeah. So in her <laughs> mind, she has to have someone telling her about this stuff. Even if it's her own mind doing it in another person's voice. Yeah. Which is weird. 
I kind of get it because it's almost like a what would Edward do kind of situation. But it's like clearly she has the capacity. Yeah. To think about this shit and just doesn't. <laughs> it's um, yeah. So this scene is so it's kind of stupid a little bit because the little the like reddish brown wolf like comes right up to Bella. And if you remember in Twilight. Jacob, in the dream. In the dream, Jacob turned into a reddish brown wolf to defend her from Edward. So it's kind of a dead giveaway that, yes, that is Jacob. It's not entirely terrible because Stephanie Meyer has not ever been the best with subtlety. It is kind of hokey because she's like, I saw the wolf. I looked into its eyes and I thought of Jacob. It's like, I wonder why. It's almost like Yeah, it would have been better if she remembered the dream there. Yeah, it would have been. But then she would have to address that Bella's actually clairvoyant and knew that Jacob was going to become a werewolf. Which also would have been better. Yeah. Bella's dreams are getting more and more... um, I'm going to use this word. Psychical. And... Cyclical? Psychical. (laughs) Uh, I mean, she keeps dreaming about Sam Yuli, and she's so like, it is I don't pretty know cyclical. why. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know why. And I, I wonder. <laughs> I d- so these chapters make me really angry because Jacob Black is a wonderful person who has come into Bella's life and is like, I would love to be there for you. And I, and I, and I care about you very much as a person. And I, you know, I like you. I want to help you move on. All this good stuff. I want to make sweet, sweet love to you, darling. Yes, but he doesn't say that. (laughs) Oh, sorry. But Bella just kind of puts it all off because she's like trapped herself in this sense of I cannot move on from Edward, which I don't know if Edward gave her the impression that she could never move on from him, except for the time that they talked about killing themselves if something happened. Right before he abandoned her. Yeah. I really don't know what he expected to happen. Uh, And then later in the book, he tries to kill himself. So, like, he didn't learn anything from that conversation. That she None of you learned anything. None of you are smart. The only good person is Jacob and Charlie and Alice. Mike was. Angela's pretty cool. I like Emmett. Okay, there are some good people. (laughs) There are some good people. They're just surrounding a couple of people who are lost in complete chaos. God, I really feel bad thinking about it for, like, everybody else that has to deal with Edward and Bella existing in the same area. Yeah. Because they are an utter fucking catastrophe. (laughs) It's, like, it's... They're just, are they ever settled? Like, are things ever okay with them? Is Bella ever happy? Like, there's so much that we never get to see because we never get to see them just being in a relationship, which sucks. And I know that it wouldn't be a very interesting book if we were just watching them just, like, be together. Unless it was us watching them be together while trying to figure out things, like, together as a team. I need book five. Where Bella is done with Ed's bullshit and starts feeding on humans. 
why do you need that and becomes and becomes an enemy vampire but she's actually like intelligent and has a personality so okay i just realized something that almost makes the first book make sense so what? at the end of this book which we'll get into later uh it's discovered that no vampire's powers work on alice because in the first book not alice god on bella on bella and in the first book do you remember when we were like so why doesn't alice alice just see bella making the choice to like abandon them and go off it's because alice can't see the future based on bella's decisions Oh, so she can see the future about Bella, but only insofar as it pertains to other people's decisions about Bella. Yeah. Huh. Wait, but then, oh, I guess, can she see her own future? Because she knew that her and Bella were going to be friends. I think it's probably her own stuff. Like, she can see her. I would assume she's never said she can't see her own future. I think it would be better if she couldn't see anything to do with Bella's future at all. But she can. In that case. She can, though. Because... Yeah, that's what I'm... Because later we know that she saw Bella going off the cliff. Yeah. So that's why I'm like... If it was just specifically that she couldn't see things that Bella was deciding and how it affected the future... I guess, but it would make more sense if she just couldn't see Bella at all, but she can. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I feel like it it just creates more problems. <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't it solves some, but it just creates more in the process. Yeah, because it kind of like I feel like for convenience sake, you have to have Alice be able to see some stuff related to Bella, otherwise a lot of stuff doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But then she also can't see the stuff that is just Bella making her own choices. But then she does. But then she does. All right, well, that's the end of chapter 10, which means that... <laughs> and, and New Moon. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, so that means that we are done with episode two of New Moon. I mean, how are you feeling? Uh, kind of want to burn this book. You cannot. I'm not a fan of burning books, but you cannot burn the book. We still have many chapters to read. I'll just go to half price books and get another one. It's fine. Speaking of which, we'll be back next episode with chapters eleven through fifteen, and um, I haven't read ahead for once. I haven't read ahead at all. So I don't, I know with Twilight, it was a little different because I had read it so many times that I may as well have just read ahead, but with new moon, I've only ever read it once. So I actually don't even really quite remember what's coming up next. So I look forward to it. I'm clicking my fingers in front of my face, but nobody can see it. (laughs) She's very excited. Um, Follow us on Twitter at 2020TwilightPod. M is uh, M of many names, and I am Sarah S. Wilton. Um, M mostly tweets about Taylor Swift these days. And I was going to say something, because before you kept saying I tweeted about uh, um, 
She-Ra, and I was like, I only tweeted, like, twice about She-Ra. Well, yeah, but I saw both of them. Oh. Yeah, now it's now it's Taylor Swift. Yeah, now it's all Taylor Swift. Um, and, of course, the constant of Transformers. And yeah. I have been tweeting a lot of commentary on the things I've been watching, such as Community and a lot of VFX Artist Reacts. Uh, check out Corridor Digital on YouTube. Shout out. Not that our audiences po- probably in- <laughs> intersect literally at all. Um, and you can get updates on the podcast, obviously, on the podcast Twitter page. So I think that's it. Wait, is that what that's for? Yeah. I post every time we upload a new video. Video. Episode. Have you been posting videos of me? <laughs> no. It's illegal. I know. <laughs> Especially because you have copywritten content as your Zoom background. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>